This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite, and my guest today is Todd Elmers, and he's the CEO of US Breakroom Products Distributor, Office Snacks. Hi, Todd. Good to see you today. Good to see you, Andy. Great. Thanks for doing this. Now, I was was looking back at an OPI story from 2011, uh, in in which you were described as an OP veteran, even back back in those days. And I'm not sure if that was entirely fair to say that, say that 10 years ago. I I don't know what that would classify you as today in terms of being a veteran. But uh, joking aside, perhaps we can start off if you give us a quick quick overview of your, your OP career and then tell us a little bit about Office Snacks. Absolutely, Andy. So yeah, I'm probably more than a veteran in this industry. I've been in it for over 30 years. Um, Been on all sides of the fence, manufacturing, wholesale, dealer side of the fence. Probably most notably from about 1995 to 2003 with Corporate Express, the old Corporate Mm -hmm. Express. And I was uh, senior vice president of merchandising, ran the furniture business uh, there as well. Uh, so, you know, a lot of years in the industry. Um, and then in 2015, uh, I purchased office snacks in conjunction with some private equity partners. And, uh, we've had it, we've had it ever since. And, and office snacks was really founded back around 2000 by two guys that were industry veterans at the time. And they really saw this was in the infancy of sort of the break room developing. And they saw a niche where uh, they could come up with some snack and candy items and sell it, you know, through through the channel. It made a lot of sense for them. So um, really office snacks has been viewed as sort of the channel brand ever since then. We haven't focused a lot on other channels of distribution. We try to provide our customers with whatever we can. The the value add that we bring them is being able to be flexible. Uh, We're a small company. We move, we make changes, whether it's in packaging or new products, whatever it might be. And so we've sort of been the, the supplier of choice in that channel. I saw it as an opportunity then to sort of take it beyond that. Uh, as the channel developed into adjacent markets, the adjacencies Mm -hmm. out there, what could we do there? And then also to bring just new and different kinds of products into the channel. So that's what Office Snacks is is all about. And that's sort of our our value add compared to uh, some folks that we might compete against that are bigger and not as flexible and aren't focused specifically on the channel. Okay, great. Now, we're going to be looking at the office break room market today. And I guess for many years in OPI, we've been talking about the break room as uh, an important and growing category for many office products resellers as traditional office supplies decline. You know, the break room was seen as uh, something of a, a, a real opportunity for for office resellers. Perhaps looking back pre-COVID, what were some of the, the sort of big trends that you were seeing in, in the break room market? Yeah, so I think, Andy, um, a lot of things has happened. As I, as I mentioned, if you look at kind of the infancy of the, the break room, it's now been, we, we still kind of look at it as a new category, but it's 20 years old, right? Yeah. So there is, 
it's becoming mature and saturated. There, there's a lot of people that have come into the channel. It's sort of highly fragmented. So you have, now you have in, in you know, whether it's snack, candy, the sugar creamer uh, area, the uh, office uh, coffee supply, uh, those, that channel count that's been in it, obviously, since the beginning. Um, they're all offering products, uh, whether it's Amazon, Costco, uh, there's a myriad of uh, online companies that are selling snack candy products as well. So on the periphery, I think the channel has lost uh, that kind of business, but it's been primarily lost, I think, to the, the, um, the smaller businesses. If you look at the, the mid-sized to larger businesses out there, which you know, for the most part, the channel's focused on. I, I think really what the Office Products channel has is the value they have in all products they sell, mm -hmm. which is the convenience, the, the kind of everything gets developed, uh, delivered in a, a wrap and label kind of desktop delivery fashion. All the different boxes can get consolidated in that. And so uh, break room is, is, you know, still part of that. Mm. Um, and so you're, you're able to, you know, our customers have to consolidate that on with everybody else. Nonetheless, it, it's a challenge. And because of that, um, and because of the fact that you're seeing a lot of, uh, actually, they're more of the, the small kind of health, healthy organic snacks that you see even in the consumer marketplace mm. that are coming into the channel. These are smaller companies um, in a lot of cases and they're having difficulty doing business in the channel because without the ability to, you know, wrap everything together and deliver at one time, random boxes coming in, even from like an Amazon, doesn't really fit well uh, to a midsize or large business. So um, th those are, because of that, I see uh, consolidation uh, actually coming in the channel. Uh, I think it's ripe for it because of, as I said, the maturity of the channel, saturation in the mm -hmm. channel, and uh, hence the, you know, our acquisition of the Stanton Candy line from Advantis. Uh, and I think you'll see more of those kind of things. Um, just from a product trend standpoint, which still, which carries through even till today to, to what's going on down in the future. Um, in general, a big movement, of course, to get healthier snacking candies, and you see that out there in the marketplace. Um, but even in the current sort of non-healthy world, you're seeing, excuse me, movement to, uh, if you go back 20 years ago, it used to be all about chocolate and chocolate-related mm -hmm. product. Now it's it's uh, gummy-type product. It's, uh, and, and you can see, if you look at, um, the younger generations, right, coming up, they're more focused on that type of product. So you see that. And also, I would say the savory snack category. This is where you're seeing uh, kind of the reinvention of the, you know, beef jerky type products and okay. bars that have meat and uh, savory snacks in them. So those are those are kind of the, the pre-COVID scenario that I see. Yeah. Or saw. Okay. And then COVID hit. And I imagine yeah. for, for, for people like you, that must have been a very, very tough time. People weren't going into offices at all. And that, that's your primary primary market. I mean, what, what did that mean for, for, for you guys at Office Snacks? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. 
the biggest impact was overnight, no one went into an office. And so that meant where was the work coming from? And it was, it was remotely happening at people's homes, uh, employees of businesses' homes. And if you think about it, you know, our channel is not really, whether it's break room or any other category, wasn't really set up to be shipping and servicing people mm. at their homes, yeah, right? Sure. So I think that, you know, that that was the biggest uh, impact, that part there. In addition to that, a little bit of a, a nuance to that as it pertains to our channel is you you definitely had a lot of the snack and candy manufacturers who are big players. These are folks like Mars Wrigley, Hershey's, Mondelez, people like that, that immediately literally overnight started looking at reallocation of resources because all of a sudden they had this huge spike in demand in grocery stores, mm. convenience stores, because everything was shut down. Nobody was going anywhere but those places. And so these big companies started to reallocate resources there. Uh, and in, in many cases was at the expense of the office products industry. And mainly because the office products industry to those guys is such a small portion of their business. So they're not overly concerned about our channel anyway. Um, so that's, that's kind of what happened. Now for us at Office Snacks, you know, we like many others, overnight our business went down 70%. And we just, you know, it, it just hit us. Um, we had to sit there and go, okay, what are we going to, you know, how, what can we do? How can we think creatively? Uh, how can we get through this storm? And so we, we did the obvious, which was we went through the whole expense cutting exercise. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, we started to focus at, on how could we help the channel service the at-home uh, remote worker. And so and we sort of put together an at-home program for the channel where on behalf of our customers in the channel, we'd ship directly to employees' homes okay. uh, mm -hmm. with product. So we started to do that. We also saw that uh, in our case, Andy, it's very difficult, especially for uh, smaller dealers, but even the bigger guys sometimes per location to put together large and very large minimum order quantity requirements that we have. Mm. Uh, so we, we, in fact, lowered our minimum order quantity to help the order flow continue to come in. So we, like everybody else, had to think creatively, and that, that's sort of what we did during that mm. time frame. Okay. What's this picture like now? People are starting to go back in some locations. I guess it's different in different areas of, of the United States at the moment. People are talking about September for, for going back to the office. Yeah, well, it's anybody's best guess. And, you know, we talk about the different percents that are going to return. But I think at the end of the day, the picture right now in, in my mind is it's going to be a slow and gradual return to the office. We're already beginning to see and have actually in the last month our order rate pick up and we're starting to hear anecdotally from our customers that people are going back to the office. So we believe that started already and will continue. Now we don't, you know, the, the guess is, you know, what is the end state of that? There, there are numbers that go anywhere from 10% uh, to 30% coming back. 
we think it's more in the 80 to 85 percent range back mm. and it's important to understand that too because when i say 80 to 85 percent you know there were a big chunk of people that were working remotely prior to COVID. anyway that was a growing trend right yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe in the 15% range directly related to COVID of people not coming back in into the office. Um, I think the other thing that you're going to see is um, from our perspective, there's going to be and already is uh, a focus on single serve individually wrapped items. So, you know, this is all about the, the sanitation piece of it, uh, the health piece of it. Uh, you know, in our channel and even at products we sell, we'll, we'll sell like tubs of pretzels as an example. And we sell a lot of them and people are just reaching in with their hands, grabbing handfuls of those. We yeah. think <laughs> that's going to start to die off somewhat yeah. okay. and people want everything individually wrapped. So that's a trend that um, we see. And of course, as mentioned in the channel, there are quite a few different bulk items that are consumed. Uh, and I think those bulk items will start to go by the wayside to these individually wrapped okay. uh, Interesting. items. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you look at those office occupancy levels, not coming back to where they were, are you realistically going to be able to, to service that home worker or that work remote worker? going forward or was that more of a just a short-term solution uh to, yeah. to to a drastic situation you faced last year well i think that what initially that was a short-term solution i think what everybody's realizing now is this is this is a longer-term proposition so yeah we we have to figure out ways to do that and to the extent you can't you lose sales and everybody including us is are not going to be able to do it necessarily in the most efficient way. So, you know, if you have less sales there uh, and you have uh, more guys chasing business, this is going to drive consolidation. And mm -hmm. I think this is where some of the smaller uh, periphery type, uh, and, I, and I just use the, the organic uh, manufacturer snacking candy guys, because there's a fair amount of small, the guys that are fairly okay. small mm -hmm. that want to do business in the space going to put more pressure on them. I think as an example, this transaction we made uh, ha had a lot to do with, you know, us wanting to, to bring more product in so we could mm -hmm. be bigger. And it also had to do with another manufacturer, Vanis, wanting to divest of something smaller uh, because they're trying to get bigger in other areas. Yeah. We've also had conversations already with several other large snack and candy manufacturers that are looking at this going, okay, to what extent do we, are we really going to dump resources back into this channel? Yeah. Because now this channel in general could be getting smaller and you know, what, what are we going to do with that? And so they're potentially looking at us as the conduit to the channel, right? Um, and so can, can they distribute through us to the channel? Okay. So these mm -hmm. are, you know, it's like anything else, Andy, where, you know, there's bad news in this and, the, and there's good news. There's opportunities for, I think, the guys that survive through and can do okay to actually get bigger uh, by either, you know, being creative and working at the at-home thing uh, and also where they play in the consolidation uh, back-end piece of it. Mm -hmm. 
so th those I think are the uh, the big the big takeaways uh, uh, from the sort of the new if you want to say hybrid model that's coming out of this. Yeah. How, how important is it to distribute you know, key well-known brands in the market? I know you've got your own private private office snacks brand. How, how does that stack up against some of these huge uh, corporations? Yeah, incredibly important to have that. And that's one of the things that we identified back in 2015 when we bought the businesses. Office snacks at that point really didn't do much, some, but limited amount of branded product. And and of course, it really limits your ability to grow because everybody wants the brand awareness. And so now, as an example, we have an agreement with uh, Mars Wrigley, and they allow us to co-pack their M&Ms, basically, uh, under our brand and theirs. And the reason they do that is because in many cases, our you know, even though we don't purport to carry the brand awareness or anything that M&Ms may, when you go to our channel, there are many people that will pull up office snacks before they pull up like a brand M&Ms to look at what snack and candy is available to them. And so Mars Wrigley realized that and said, yeah, that makes sense to us in this channel. Uh, let's do this co-branding thing. So okay. uh, it, it's real important. And in fact, in this acquisition, Andy, that we made, there's a big chunk of that that's, that's big manufacture branded names that we'll be carrying and selling. Okay. You, you mentioned single serve products, if, if I call it that, or smaller yeah. quantities. Obviously, they, they're individually wrapped products. So you've got the, the wrappers, which is perhaps going to generate more waste uh, and litter potentially. Is that is that an issue at all? Do people worry about that? We hear that occasionally, and we've actually looked at some of our containers and how we might be able to make those eco-friendly. Mm. Uh, and of course, as you can imagine, you're going to get more of that request coming from California and the West Coast. <laughs> but, you know, the bulk of the country is in our channel Yeah, is kind of, I always throw out a number three to five years behind wow. where the consumer yeah. is. And where it makes sense, everybody wants to try to recycle and compost and so forth. But there hasn't been that big a, I would say, push on it, mainly because the, there'd be dramatic increases in prices mm. uh, in the container piece yeah. of it. But it's interesting um, it, because I listened, listened to uh, Steve Danik, Danzinger's uh, podcast with you. And of yeah. course, I know Steve. We've actually had conversations more on uh, the the snack and candy, you know, healthy snack and candy. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that as well. If if yeah. if we if yeah. if you think that three to five year, you know, behind the consumer number apply applies to the the healthy organic snacking trend as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're seeing that we we actually, it's been probably five years ago. We put a real push on trying to do healthier candy. And it just, it was very difficult to, to sell. Just hard to get placement with the big guys because they're, everybody was, was talking that, but the, the consumers were in the channel just weren't buying it. Now, having said that, uh, we're, we're definitely proponents of that. And we're sort of all over pushing that. I just came from a snack and candy show in Indianapolis and we're trying to source 
you know, continue to source healthier uh, yeah. alternatives. And, and I think that will be a big push, but we're definitely, I think, significantly behind, you know, where the consumer side is, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think COVID has accelerated the, the, the trend towards healthy snacks? I don't think so from that perspective. I think to what we mentioned before, what, what's going to happen, it's going to revolve around the packaging piece of it, uh, the sanit- sanitation piece of okay. it, right? Mm. Um, but I, this is more, uh, and I've had this conversation with numerous people, this, this is more of a generational thing than it is anything else. And I saw that, you know, five years ago, when we introduced some of these other uh, organic scent candy lines. We didn't in the channel until, which we're now getting, the decision makers, the purchasers, purchasing managers, office managers, those kind of people that are making the decisions on this stuff, getting to be uh, of that of that age, that we're yeah. of that ilk, yeah. right? In those positions, yeah. then we're going to start seeing more of it. We are on the cusp of it. So I think anybody supplying snack and candy items to the channel needs to be aware of it. And you need to constantly be working on and promoting those kind of products because it, it, it's coming. I mean, it's, it's coming in the channel. Uh, it just kind of a question of when people go, no, we, we want to provide these kind of snack and candy products, you know, and if we provide it to uh, employees and other customers of ours, they'll buy them. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at with that. Right. I'm sure when you look at, for example, the United States versus some some markets in Europe, the the product trends will be very 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 different, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the the product trends again in the U.S. when it comes to product and and healthy snacks is really all about California. That's where the <laughs> you know West Coast, but California. That, okay. You know, hence that reference to Steve and talking to him. <laughs> okay, good. I understand you're coming over or planning to come over to Europe in the not too distant future. There's a there's a big show I understand in in Cologne in Germany, isn't there? There is uh, every year. There's a snack and candy show, the international snack and candy show ISM, and it's the biggest one in the world. Uh, we have a smaller version here in the U.S. Like I said, I just went to a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But that's really where you see every new idea, every concept from every country in the world. And so, yeah, uh, don't know yet if I'll be there you, this year. Uh, I'm usually there every other year, but uh, may, may be there this year because of, you know, all the changes taking place. Yeah. Okay. So. This year, as in... I'm 20, sorry. It's 2022, it, actually, isn't it? At the, the yeah, end of yeah. January. So it, it coincides yeah. with the show that we go to uh, Paper World in, in Frankfurt and uh, roughly, about, roughly yeah. about the same time, isn't it? You'd probably do both both, uh, both in, in one go if you wanted to. It, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll bump into each other in, in Germany in the, in the, at the end of January. <laughs> I'd like to. I'll bring some office snacks for you that okay. you can enjoy. Maybe. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Todd, listen, great. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed our chat uh, and all the best as uh, Americans return to the office. Thank you very much, Andy, and you have a good day. Cheers, thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. 
You've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk. Thank you.